This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Good morning. Good morning. We got we have three voices here in addition to mine. Welcome back, Victoria. Hey, welcome. Thank you. He calls it all day or something like that with Victoria. That's what he calls. It. Okay, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and then we got Dwayne, who's back from the federal prisons, and he has seen things that he can't see, or they'll cut off cut cut off his head. Off with your head. And then we got Glenn heading to Kansas City. Thinks that he. Yep. He's putting going to see his 100 year or close to 100 year old mother over the She's podcast. 97. Don't make her older than she is. 97, and he's putting her in front of our podcast. I don't know what to think of that. And you know what we talked about yesterday, Dwayne? No, sir. You know how they say that, that the Christian belief is that there's going to be a resurrection of the Christian body and, and at, at a certain time in the future. And the question became. If a cannibal ate a missionary and then the cannibal became a Christian, how do you resurrect that body? It's because it's part of two people. <laughs> Would they be two, two guesses who said that? Anyway. I don't know who came up with that topic. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that two of the four in the podcast didn't find that all that humorous, but Jim and I had it. Jim said, well, it's the same thing if you die and then you fertilize plants and then a cow eats the plants and then someone eats the cow, you've mixed them again. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fascinating topic. <laughs> we talk about other things, too. <laughs> that, might, that might be used to confuse AI <laughs> long enough to pull the plug on it. There you go. You think you're confused with that. Wait till you hear today's case. Um, This one, let me give a little bit of a background on it. Um, As a very young lawyer, first month of me being a lawyer, I was assigned to a a big, big law firm. I say a big law firm. Big law firm for outside New Orleans, 60 lawyers. Um, the, um, The lawyer that I was assigned to had a heart attack. So I got kind of bounced around to different lawyers and this one was working on this case that we're going to talk about kplc uh was sold in lake charles and there was a, a bunch of litigation i let her step that step it up but i hadn't thought about that case probably since 1990 1991 and, and because i left that firm in, in 91 um hadn't really thought about that case much so i had a little bit not really off but a little bit off um i had the idea that that uh the the memory that Jack Gray was not in any way um he wasn't at fault in any way and then it's, I got my memory refreshed and uh, let's just say he, some mistakes were made <laughs> but anyway it's extremely extremely interesting because uh Calcasieu Marine was owned by this chambers I don't know if you know it was the biggest bank in Calcasieu Parish Lake mm-hmm. Charles area Jack Gray was with the biggest law firm in the town. Um, the uh, the he uh, he was the, the people who worked at the, the television station loved him. You can't mm-hmm. no way of knowing. Yeah. And they did not want to get bought out by that other company. Yeah. And in fact, once it was over and done, most of them quit. Oh including, wow! Including a very 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 popular weatherman named Rob Robin. Mm-hmm. They they left there. And now you wonder how good an investment it is because local stations aren't near the value they used to be. Yeah. But anyway, it, there was litigation over this uh, that boggles the mind is probably the best way to put it. And I will let Victoria take it with that little bit of a background. 
Yeah, so um, that's a very good way of setting it up. If there's something that I do, if I misspeak or get something incorrect, correct me because it was very convoluted and yeah. it took me a while last night. Yeah, it's easy to get the facts wrong in this. Um, so when I was kind of going through everything, I started by trying to read through it and it was just confusing. So I started with a couple of definitions. So I thought maybe I could start with that just to get a couple of terms that are used that I'll be using throughout to talk about it kind of out of the way. So um, I did a little bit of research on a couple of things that are key throughout litigation in it. So the first thing that is important to know is what a trust is. Um, a trust is a legal entity with separate and distinct rights, similar to like a person or a corporation. So it is when a trustor gives another party, which would be the trustee, um, the right to hold and manage their assets in for the benefit of a beneficiary. Um, so that's a pretty simple definition. So that's important. Next is injunctions, specifically a temporary um, restraining order. It's when you um, ask the court to maintain the status quo um, while further litigation is being done. So in this case, um, keeping DRT or CTR and chambers from doing what they did while they were litigating the um, contract. Um, let, let me let me interject yeah. a little bit in there. Um, the getting a, a TRO mm -hmm. can in itself be done, mm -hmm. but but in this context, it really was preliminary to the whole thing. Yeah. The the, the are you gonna you're gonna get the specific performance? Is that one of your definitions? That's not so. Okay. Specific yeah. performance is is a is an equity. Um, it's not a law. Mm -hmm. It's an equity. It's something that's saying. I'm going to force another person to do something. And in the United States, that's not supposed to happen very often. Yeah. Where you can make them pay money if they cause you damages and things like that, but you can't make somebody sell you a car. You can't make somebody cut your hair. You can't make them sell a wedding cake in Colorado mm -hmm. to gay people. That's that specific performance. And and it's very, very frowned upon, but it was contractual here. It mm -hmm. was in the contracts that they that we could enforce this contract with specific performance. What's important with that is, though, because that's a permanent injunction. Mm -hmm. What the way it works is they'll do they'll start out with a TRO. Hey, we, until we can have a preliminary hearing, mm -hmm. we are going to stop you for a couple of days from selling it. Then we're going to have a preliminary hearing and say, does it look like he has a pretty good chance of winning this? Mm -hmm. And if he does, they'll give a preliminary injunction to keep him from selling it. And then a permanent one says, no, you're selling. It. Yeah. You have no choice. You see where see what the difference where that is? Yes, it's a process. Gotcha. So um, that's important. And then um, later on, what becomes important is the Louisiana Public Records Doctrine. So as I understand it, it's a document that affects immovable property. And if it affects immovable property, it has to be recorded. Otherwise, it's considered null and void. But as, as between who? The parties. That's no, um, it's void between the parties. No, no, no. It's, it's valid between the parties, but it's void. For everybody else, is that yes, correct? That's okay. Right. Yeah. Very important to get that. Mm -hmm. If I make a contract with you and I sign the deed over to you, mm -hmm. and then you mess around three weeks mm -hmm. and I sell it to somebody else, that somebody else owns it. Yes. You would have to sue me for the damage. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Gotcha. You, because you have that right to that property. As now, if nobody comes, mm -hmm. you can still you can still file it three weeks later. And you can yeah. stop me from selling. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's the public record. It's a race to the courthouse for third parties. Yeah, so that's important, especially later on. And then finally, diversity jurisdiction is <laughs> <laughs> very important here. Um, it's just one of a couple of ways federal courts can obtain subject matter jurisdiction over a case. So the case has to be worth more than seventy five thousand dollars, and then all parties must live in different states from one another in order for it to be diversity jurisdiction and removed to federal court. So those are a couple definitions that I found helpful, you know, before really getting into it. Um, but yeah, now just a little bit of background. So we have the plaintiff, which is NASCO, and they were the ones trying to purchase the radio station. TV. NASCO TV? It's the television station. Oh, television. KPLC. KPLC gotcha. Is, you know what that stands for? I do not. Port of Lake Charles. Really? KPLC, yep. Okay. All right. So they're trying to purchase the television station. Um, and then the defendants are uh, Calcasieu Radio and Television Incorporated, Russell Chambers, and Maybell Barker. So um, <laughs> CLT, uh, CRT, yes, is the sole owner 
of the television station. Chambers is the sole shareholder of CRT, and then Baker is Chambers' sister, who kind of get ropes in, roped into everything um, via Chambers. Um, Did you notice she didn't get in any trouble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just felt bad for her, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into. So NASCO wants to buy this radio station. So um, it, Chambers entered the buy and sell agreement, which we'll just refer to as the agreement, for $18 million. So a lot of money. Um, and the agreement specifically states that the agreement could not be consummated until the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, approved the transfer of the license. So NASCO was going to file their portion of the paperwork and um, Chambers was going to file his portion of the paperwork for a joint transfer. So um, both sides were have, supposed to have this done by September 23rd. So up until about a month before the transfer was supposed to be done, um, Chambers was very cooperative. But at some point between the 22nd and the 28th, he was wanting to back out of the um, contract. Do you know why? Didn't well, another buyer came along? You told me that, but yeah, that's it. It's not, it's not, you're not going to get this in the case. Yeah. They whoever advised them mm-hmm. on the sale, yeah, did a poor job. The thing was worth 10 or 15 times what they were selling for. Mm-hmm. So it was worth it to Chambers to fight. To stop this sale, even if they had to pay massive damages, even if they had to pay the purchase. Oh wow! They—that's how much money they could have made on the deal, and that's—that's why both sides were fighting so hard on it. Was mm-hmm. who's going to get the benefit of that bargain? Yeah. And I will tell you, that tells me NASCO did not have clean hands. Yeah, that they knew it was worth more than what they were paying for it. They knew they were so Yeah. So um, Chambers calls up NASCO and he tries to um, reason with them. He's like, hey, you know, um, I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore, but I'll pay you, you know, compensation for your time and trouble doing this. They are very adamant. They're like, no, we, you know, entered into this agreement. We want to buy the TV station. Um, So around August 28th, Chambers has an issue, a bond issue. Um, He had a bond that was either rescinded or rejected. And he claims that this is the reason why it was taking him so long to file that paperwork with the FCC. I never did understand what that bond issue is. They never explained. Yeah. They said it. All they said was it wasn't related to. Usually, usually a bond issue has something to do with the public. Yeah. Um, that was confusing, too. I thought maybe you might know. No. 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 I, I never could figure it out. I read six cases. I'm oh, wow. Looking for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some bond issue, using that as the reason as to why he's not filing his paperwork with the FCC. So um, NASCO gets their portion ready by the beginning of September. They even tell Chambers, hey, if you send yours to us, we'll file it for you, you know, um, <laughs> trying to get this deal to finish and close. And around the middle of September, Chambers says, you know, I'm having these bond issues. If it's resolved by the 23rd, I'll file my paperwork. But if not, I'm not going to file my paperwork. So he never files the paperwork. So on October 14th, um, this is where dates start to become really important. Um, NASCO counsel informs the defendants that they intend to file a suit of breach of contract. On the 17th. So gave him a couple of days warning. And they also informed the defendants that NASCO would appear in Alexandria around noon to request injunctive relief to maintain the status quo um, while litigation was ongoing over the breach of the contract. In front of what judge? Oh, Scott. Judge Norman Scott. Yes. Our Buckeye three people. Uh, yes. Uh, three, Buckeye three judge. So we see him again this week. He's back. <laughs> So, um, this is, you don't make that. Yes. yes. And this is another example of that. <laughs> good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, um, this is when, um, Chambers and a couple of the ter- attorneys begin devising their scheme or plan or whatever to kind of avoid the jurisdiction of the court. So, they implemented a plan with the goal to place CTR properties out of the reach and jurisdiction of the court via the Louisiana Public Records Doctrine and deprive NASCO of um, its right to um, get a judicial determination on specific performance. Um, So, yeah, the goal was for them to maintain possession of CTR using that Louisiana Public Records Doctrine. So, in short, I think, again, and if I'm wrong, let me know, the way that he did it was Chambers created a trust and he put, um, he had the, oh, go ahead, sorry. The beneficiary was? His three adult children, and the trustee was Baker. Um, so he had her, he created deeds of the, the land parcels where CTR 
the television station sat, put it in the trust and had her named as the trustee, you know, managing the estate. She really had no idea what was going on. She was kind of just signing things because her brother, you Always, know, he was a businessman. Yeah. And he yeah. Never come sign things all the time. And yeah. even like in her, you know, uh, deposition, they had a little bit of it in, I think it was the fifth court opinion. Um, she was like, he was my brother, you know, he, I would have had no reason not to, not to sign it. So she's signing all of this documentation, making her the trustee. Um, and by the time it got to court, Chambers and his attorneys were trying to argue that um, because these deeds were in place, the was it the contract with NASCO was couldn't be completed because it, it was now in a trust. Well, where where NASCO made the the mistake? Yeah, they didn't go file their their um their uh, intent to purchase their option oh, to purchase. Oh, okay. They never filed it. Gotcha. They're not clean. Yeah. No, NASCO is NASCO is not clean. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to go file that. Yeah. And they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a race to the courthouse. Yeah. So if you have a bona fide third party mm-hmm. that, he, that they would have sold it to, then that person would win and you could just for damage. Yeah. Okay. The question is going to be whether that was bona fide mm-hmm. third party buyer. Let's go back something. Have you have you already left the 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 uh, Friday afternoon or wasn't it a Friday afternoon hearing? Not yet. Yeah, um, but you're still there. Yes. Um, that was just like the core. That's what their plan was. So okay. So basically, basically, sum it up. I, I think you got it. But yeah. Um, basically, what happened is the the, the NASCO attorney, who was Schofield, that's another big firm in Lake Charles. Mm-hmm. He um he does a courtesy call to Jack Gray and says, "Look, you know, you're dragging your heels. We don't trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're getting ready. Yeah, we're getting ready to file suit. We're kind of getting some." Some feeling that you're getting ready to screw us. Yeah. Basically did that. That's basically what was done. Mm-hmm. And so then the procedure would be he files it and and he wants to keep he gets wind of it. And so what what the Schofield Schoenfeld or however you say his name is, he was trying to prevent this sale from happening over the weekend himself. Yeah. I don't think he thought it was going to be to this to a, a trust. Mm-hmm. I think he thought it was going to be to somebody wanting to pay huge dollars. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what he thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so they have this hearing and Jack Gray gets very little notice of it. Mm-hmm. And he shows up almost as a getting start. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Wait, we're forgetting the phone call. Between Chambers and the attorneys that he had? All right, or? So, so the, the, there was a phone call. Well, I mean, never mind. Never mind. He went live, didn't he? Gray went live. I had that yes. wrong in my mind. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was a phone call. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it wasn't. It was a live. So he went to a, a hearing and in chambers, mm-hmm. the the judge asked, do you hear what he asked him? Didn't he ask him something about? I don't know if it's an opinion or not. I can tell you what happened. Yeah, tell me. What, I know he asked him about, they went over that TRO and I know Gray said nothing about the trust and what was going on, even though the he judge specifically asked him. Okay. Are you, you're not planning on selling it? weekend right mm-hmm. and, and the judge kind of laughs and he goes i make no representation mm, there you go yeah and then he says it about three times he says now you're not selling that this weekend because that was the whole thing nasco mm-hmm. thought that they were trying to sell it they were yeah yeah but again they thought it was going to be some bonafide third party guy and that would have ended it yeah that would have been a bonafide third party then the damages would have just been back and forth between chambers and, and nasco yeah okay so you guys follow what's going on so, in other words, they wanted to back out of the deal, but they didn't have a third party. Is that what they wanted to buy it? My, uh, we don't know for sure why the, they didn't just go ahead and sell it to that third party that he probably, it's, it, all indications are that, that, that Chambers knew he could have sold that for a whole lot more. My guess is that third party going like, no, nah, you clean up your mess, then we'll buy it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think yeah. happened. So. He goes crap. So that's when he came up with this idea of creating a trust, mm-hmm. which would not be a bona fide third party. It's it was I wouldn't call it as much as bad faith as it was frivolous. Mm-hmm. There was no way that was a good faith premise. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, but the big thing is this this, this judge, this federal judge, this judge who's willing to tell Forest Hill you can't have a school in your town mm-hmm. because I say so. The emperor in a robe. That's who we got here. We got yeah. somebody who already has been told by the Fifth Circuit 
that you are an emperor and mm -hmm. you can do what you want to do if you think it's the right thing. So, so you've got this, these people in court and in, in the here in, in chambers. Now, mm -hmm. the reason you go to chamber, you know, this, and this is, that's behind where the judge sits, correct? Yes. A room behind where the judge sits and you bring the counsel in there mm -hmm. and it's a kind of a Frank, but very, very well understood. Mm -hmm. Private. Yeah. And that what's being said in there does not go into the courtroom unless it's agreed it's going to go in. There. So you might okay. say, hey, we'll stipulate to this or we won't that. Mm -hmm. Nothing back there is supposed to go public without. It's kind of, I've never, I've never read that in a rule. In yeah. fact, I've never read in a rule about chambers, what goes on in chambers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they'll do it frequently, guys. You're, you're in the middle of a case and judges, I don't see counsel in chambers. You'll see it on, on movies. Yeah. You know, um, it, it happens a lot in, um, in, presumed innocence uh, they, but you go back there and it's you're working out your problems there hopefully not having to, to air your daughter very long laundry in front of the court perhaps or jury to hear something they don't need to hear mm -hmm. well this was a judge trial that's not a problem yeah here's the problem what's the major thing you what's the major rule with a federal judge you deal with federal you don't make a man don't make a man gray had the audacity to take a tape recorder and secretly record those, those conversations in chambers. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make the opinion. Yeah. Okay. It comes out later. What's that noise? We got some kind of really bad noise. Uh, you might put it. Yeah, might you might put it on Paul. Uh, put it on mute. That did it. Okay. Can you hear? I assume you can hear us. Anyway, that <laughs> that got rid of the noise. Yeah. All right. So um, that's not in the opinion, mm -hmm. but it's no secret that Jack Gray recorded that conversation. And mm -hmm. at that point forward, when that judge found out about that, it yeah. wasn't laughing anymore. It wasn't the best lawyers on Lake Charles fighting with each other. It was the stinger was out. Yeah. Now, some of it, it was justified. We'll get to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he never mentions, I mean... Technically, the judge only asked him about the sale. He says, I make no representations. We know, you know, being evading the question, not being completely truthful with the judge and recording it on top of that. You know, that's pretty, you know, that would make me mad if somebody was recording me without my knowledge. Um, well, you know what happened? I got to go ahead and fill you. Some yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, when it comes out later and some later here. Yeah. That judge says to Gray, you told me you weren't going to sell it. Mm -hmm. And um, and. um. Gray says, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. I said, I make no representation. Judge says, no, you didn't. You told me that you weren't going to sell it. Yeah. Well, he had brought in, he, Gray, brought in some attorneys from other firms to represent Baker and represent somebody else. But there were three other, there were three lawyers involved in the case. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, one of those lawyers doesn't know that the judge doesn't, he just sees the transcript of the, yeah. So he doesn't realize that that was done by by Jack Gray. He thinks that was done by a court reporter. So, so they must have brought a court reporter into chambers and because mm -hmm. he was not there. You got to realize Curry was not there. Yeah. So Curry, who was who was hired, he was with a very big firm. Eventually, Stafford, I think he was with something else. His father was on the Second Circuit Court of Appeal at time, so he was a big hitter. Yeah. A heavy hitter. He doesn't know that this conversation was recorded by Gray. He thinks it was recorded by a court reporter. Mm -hmm. So he just casually mentions it. Well, that's not what the recording says, Judge. Hey. Oh. And that's when the judge says, what recording? And that's probably why he's all, he, that was a big mistake. Unknowingly, you mentioned it, thinking the judge knows, and now you're roped into this. Yes, and now Jack Gray's got this recording that's mm -hmm. become public. Yeah. Okay, does everybody understand that? I guess if, if you do understand it, you don't have to say anything. So we'll go on. Uh, <laughs> is that was that good information? Or, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, that was great information because I remember you mentioning that to me. But you know that doesn't make it into any of the opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, or these the ones that I read. Um, so yeah, it it becomes a big big mess. Um, it it goes to district court. It's in front of Judge Scott. Um, and he rules in favor of NASCO after looking at the breach of contract and everything. He says NASCO is entitled to remedy of specific performance, so their equitable re relief, you know, forcing um, chambers to go through with the sale, file that paperwork and everything. Um, the defendants need to fulfill their previous obligations to NASCO. And then um, I don't believe it's this 
specific hearing, but or after this hearing, there were there, multiple. Yeah, let me say this. Yeah, the, I know mm-hmm. because I was involved at yeah. that stage. There were multiple hearings, mm-hmm. and they intermingled them in the opinion. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that just from being there. Yeah. Okay. That's and I, I can't remember which ones which because mm-hmm. there were so many of them. Yeah. But yes, you're right. You can't. You you don't need to say which meeting was which after that. The big the big thing yeah. was is that at some hearing after. The preliminary. So, so how it was going to work? They were going to issue that that PRO mm-hmm. on a Monday. Had a, they had a discussion by the phone? By phone? Yeah. It was by phone. Now that I think about it. Now I don't know. I can't remember that part. I can't. But there was a discussion. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, he recorded the judge. Yeah. And had it transcribed. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, you <laughs> just took a side, guys. I can't emphasize to you enough. You don't do that to me. Oh yeah. Without pissing me off. Hmm. You don't do that to a federal judge, no. and it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was just wrong. Yeah, uh, you, you know, and I'm sure Jack Gray would like to take that recording back. Oh yeah, you know, I'm sure. But uh, that was, that was even. I remember thinking how bad that was. I don't like somebody recording me without telling. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just because I, I want something's private. That's exactly, right. that's what they're supposed to be. You know, yeah. and I tell my clients that don't you come bring in a recorder and you need know, that's this attorney mm-hmm. client can't do that anyway. To do it to a federal judge, I can't emphasize to you enough. Um, I can't think of a worse person to record without their permission. Than a federal judge. So I want yeah. to say this: I think Norman Scott in the Buckeye Three, yeah. was way out of line. Yeah, but so were all the federal judges at that time. On, 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 mm-hmm. on it wasn't just him. Yeah, they were all doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm not really going after the man's character. Yeah. I'm going after a judicial idea of, of that it's okay to be an activist on the, on the bench. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. I think Jack Gray made the biggest faux pas I've ever seen ethically Yeah. in the history of this. So I, I, I it took me reading the cases to remember, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why that's why this happened. Yeah. All right. So sorry. Go no, ahead. no. Um. Yeah. So there was that initial hearing and then after that it's just this slew of litigation of chambers trying to avoid the transfer to nasco um and that's when you know i believe nasco files sanctions against chambers yes this is yeah. emphasize that that i think it was frivolous to sell it to that trust mm-hmm. okay i don't think the judge would have been wrong at all to rule yeah it was a judge trial mm-hmm. okay um, then, then they tried to have the judge refute. Mm-hmm. All right, frivolously. Yeah. All right. Then they tried to uh, they, they they tried all kinds of delay tactics to try to get this thing mm-hmm. where they could sell it. But the once the TRO was in effect, they couldn't resell it. They couldn't do it again. Yeah. All right. But the very very important to say this that the motions were frivolous. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I want to emphasize the, the attorneys' names again. Um, on the defense side, on the on yes. Calcasieu Marine side, Calcasieu Marine it's excuse me, it was the owner of Calcasieu Marine. Yeah. The the the, 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 the television CRT is that was. Yeah. Cathode ray tubes. Oh no, it's uh, CTR Calcasieu Radio or Television Radio. Okay, CTR. Yeah. All right, so CTR, he um, he definitely was wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, the radio just owner Chambers yeah. was wrong. And he had his sister sign documents that she had no idea what she was signing. Mm-hmm. And he probably lied to her. Just guess. Yeah. She didn't know. In her deposition, she said, I had no idea what I was signing. Yeah. He may not lie to her. Maybe just have to sign it. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he flew. What, to Alabama or something? Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, he flew there to get her sign. Then you have the, the the lawyers, Jack Gray, who is, again, considered one of the the pillars of the legal uh, community mm-hmm. in, in Lake Charles. Who was being told by probably his best client, "I need you to do this." Yeah, and he was filing unquestionably frivolous oh, yeah. things, and he recorded a federal judge. Mm-hmm. It was not his best day. No, yeah. Then he hires this Curry guy. I think Joseph maybe his first name. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, he is a pillar of Louisiana law. Mm-hmm. He's known throughout the state as being very upstanding, good guy. And when Jack Gray calls you and says, hey, I need you to, I've got, uh, I'm representing Chambers. I need somebody to represent the trust. Mm-hmm. They file those documents and he trusts Jay. He trusts um, 
Jack Gray, and those documents were frivolous. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now Curry's brought in on it. He doesn't know, but he's, yeah. he's seen that transcript, and he's thinking this is okay because he told the judge he's not making any representations about it being sold to a direct question. Did you sell this? And mm-hmm. he goes, no, hey, I'm not making any representations. Yeah. Now, the judge was in a good, jolly mood, and, and I and I think he probably feels embarrassed that he didn't oh, pick, yeah. pick up that Jack Gray was really saying, yeah, we are. Yeah. He's answering <laughs> your question, but not really. <laughs> so anyway, you, so you've got, you've got um, Curry, mm-hmm. who should have read the pleadings better. Yeah. But, you know, he was trusting another mm-hmm. pillar, somebody he should trust. I would say this, that if certain attorneys in this town said, well, you signed this, mm-hmm. I would consider doing it. Now, yeah. but because of this case, you now know why I read everything. It, everything, yeah. <laughs> because of this case. Oh, absolutely. Because I thought Curry got roped in. Yeah. Okay, so so what happens is is that that this Jack Gray and now this new guy McCabe comes in. They, that's right. They, they, they Jack Gray withdraw. Yes. And McCabe, he's a, a, a lawyer out of Massachusetts, comes in, mm-hmm. and he continues do everything that Chambers asks him to do and files frivolous claim after frivolous claim after frivolous claim. Yeah. All right. Right? Yes. And then the judge rules it's all frivolous. Mm-hmm. And he de- and he issues specific performance. Mm-hmm. And that's not the important thing that was upheld on, on appeal. Yeah. Okay. So now Chambers has to sell it to, to NASCO. Mm-hmm. Rob Robin quits. <laughs> and what's left? What are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And this is what, what happened is Schofield, Schofield, or however you say his name, I can't remember Schofield or Schofield, he files motions for sanctions. Mm-hmm. That's where I want you to take off again, if you can, or can you? I think so. Um, definitely in a, a little bit of what, what got ruled. So he files for sanctions. He rules that, you know, they were delaying it on purpose. It was frivolous appeals um, and attempts to avoid the... Uh, Sale. So he disbars Gray for three years, and Curry is just suspended for six months. Right. And then Curry was Curry was six months. Six, yeah. Curry was six months. Okay. Yes. And then McCabe, I forget. I thought it was McCabe. McCabe oh, McCabe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe McCabe. I don't. I'm not good at that. He. I want to say he was disbarred as well. Five years. Jack, yes. Jack Gray for three. Mm-hmm. Curry was. Now, the difference with, between it is mm-hmm. if you're suspended for more, if you're suspended for six months, it's automatic. After the six months, you start practicing. Yeah. And this was only federal court. So Curry never mm-hmm. did really lose his license. Yeah. Neither did Jack Gray, though. It was just disbarred from the federal circuit. I couldn't, I didn't yeah. look it up. Mm-hmm. There's a history. If you've ever been disbarred by the state, it's in there. Even yeah. if you've gotten it back, it's it's in there that you were disbarred. He was never disbarred, apparently, nor was Mr. Curry. Mm-hmm. So, so it was just federal court. I couldn't okay. practice in federal court. So, so for three years, Jack Gray couldn't practice in federal court. Yeah. Curry was suspended for six months. Mm-hmm. And then McCabe for five years. And they made that one nationwide. Oh, yeah. And then Massachusetts started investigating him yes. as well. So it was bad, really bad for him. Yeah, he, he took it really far. Yeah. All right. So, so the... It goes on appeal to the the second circuit. You read that opinion, right? Yes. And then what they do is so um yeah Scott rules he disbars all of them. He rules that um, Chambers has to pay attorneys fees to NASCO as well. Um, Did you see how much? Oh, it was just an exorbitant amount. Almost a million dollars. Yeah, it was insane. Almost a million dollars. Yes, and mm-hmm. then and then the the Jack Gray appealed saying that they on, what was their grounds. Um, Jack Gray appealed that um, the argument for the defense was that um, in a diversity case, a district court may not impose attorney's fees for bad faith litigation under its inherent power. You must be able to back it up to a citation or statute in state law. And there was nothing that they could find in Louisiana state law that would have allowed for Scott, Judge Scott to do this. So that was their argument. Um, and the appellate court just rules with they agree with Scott saying that he has the inherent power to do this and that just because it's a diversity jurisdiction case doesn't mean that the defense can get away with filing frivolous appeals, you know, and not 
face consequences for that, essentially. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but they do, you know, agree with with Judge Jeff Scott and rule the same way he ruled. So so that so what they did was they found that that uh, there's rule 11 sanctions. Rule 11 sanctions is that anytime mm-hmm. you sign a pleading, you, you verify that it's true and made in good faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what Curry made his mistake. He signed a document that he could not verify were true. So, mm-hmm. so the question is, is, is that inherent powers so of you have to go by a specific statute? Well, there are two different things going on here. Yeah. There's one. There's there's one where the bar association um, regulates its own, mm-hmm. and we take that very seriously because we don't want the state to regulate. So we're probably harder. Yeah. We're, lawyers are probably harder on lawyers than than out the people who are not lawyers would be. But we do that because we don't want to get. We don't want to lose that. Yeah. The last thing we want is politicians coming in and trying to figure out how we how lawyers have to act. Yeah. The long and short of it is is that the judge did relied on on did we lose somebody? I think Glenn. There? Yes, how long you been gone? A little bit. Boy, you're quieter now. So Yeah. All right. So anyway, to, to, I don't know how, how much you lost, but um the long and short of it is is that that they found uh, two of the lawyers, no, three of the lawyers with sanctionable conduct. And that happens under Rule 11. They can sanction you. Mm-hmm. The question is, where do you get the, the ability to bar? And there are cases out there that you can disbar them from federal court if they're bad. Mm-hmm. But an interesting thing. This, Sorry. I hear you. No, it's somebody coming up beside me. Oh. Sorry. Oh, this is road rage. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, anyway, they, they they can they can do this, but the, the thing about it is the cases that I found that mm-hmm. I read the Supreme Court. It was an opinion that went to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, wait, no, well, both both Fed, the, with the Fed, You know what? I better take that back. The the chambers part of it went to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yes. The 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 the, uh, the lawyers all gave up after the second after the fifth circuit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but. They can sanction. They do have the ability to sanction mm-hmm. if, you, if you do that. But they were all expecting it to be perhaps fines or, or you know. Yeah. They didn't expect to be disbarred. Mm-hmm. And they weren't told. So what happened is. Yes. Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. when, when, when NASCO's attorney filed for the sanction, he didn't ask to disbar them. He only asked. Okay. For sanction. You yeah. know, to be paid. To be paid. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, reprimand whatever he yeah. did, he did not ask for disbarment, and mm-hmm. I don't think he would because that's one of those things you go like, oh, that could come back on me someday. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't ask for that. This is where the the emperor in his robe comes in. Okay, they have the hearing. Yeah, nothing is mentioned whatsoever about disbarment. Nothing is mentioned about suspension. They have the mm-hmm. hearing, and then the judge after the hearing says, "I want a memo." Mm-hmm. On whether or not I can disbar you, and that's when they're like, "Oh my goodness!" Right? We didn't put up that kind of defense. Yeah. And we know that there's an investigation that's done by the state bar association. This isn't something mm-hmm. that a that an emperor in a robe, black robe, can do. This is something that more than that. Yeah. Fifth Circuit upheld it. That makes a lot of sense because in the Fifth Circuit opinion, it just talks about how their argument was that they didn't have sufficient time to prepare, and it really. I was reading through it and that really doesn't make it into the opinion. And I'm thinking, oh, I mean, you had all these months that you knew you were being investigated, but that makes a lot of sense. They were preparing for an argument of we're just going to have to pay sanctions, not right. they're going to investigate us to disbar us. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and if they would have got sanctioned, Chambers was going to pay. Yeah. That's what they thought was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so they, they thought that they were in the clean. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, I can just tell you that one of those lawyers yeah. like, what? I bet, yeah. You know, we nobody told us this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, his yeah, this goes to Proverbs twenty one twenty, chapter twenty, verse one. Mm-hmm. It's better to have a good name than it is to be rich. Yeah. And I think that Curry, Curry, mm-hmm. that hurt him more than anything. Was yeah. That he was suspended because his dad was on the second circuit, and it hurt his feelings. And I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, and that's came from outside this case. I didn't mm-hmm. you know, I, I just know that he considered quitting for a while, but he he stuck through it. Thank God, because he's a very good lawyer. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what happened in this thing. And and 
the rest of the story is I don't think you really did you get the Supreme Court case? I skimmed it this morning. I really skimmed the dissent this morning once you kind of mentioned that that's where all the good stuff was. Um, it, well, it's, it, it's where they get into where I think that Joe Scott messed up. And I want to yeah. say this again. Mm-hmm. I want to say this again. There were no clean hands at yeah. all except perhaps Miss Baker mm-hmm. and her attorney ma- made a, a small mistake trusting somebody else. Yeah. I would have trusted Gray as a young lawyer. I think I would have. I, I, I know I wouldn't now. Yeah. In this case. But um, there were no clean hands here. Everybody knew what they were doing. NASCO. You see, here's the thing. I mm-hmm. don't understand why, in hindsight, there's mm-hmm. this, there's a, in Louisiana, we have a civil code. Yeah. Not common law. Mm-hmm. And we have a rule that anytime you sell something for less than a quarter of its worth, that sale is considered invalid, presumed to be invalid. You have to prove it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Jack Gray didn't say, hey, this is Legion by Beyond Morty. We're able to sell this thing 10 times. With this. Yeah. They're cheating us. We didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so they, I think they could have had a, that would have been a way mm-hmm. to litigate it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'm smarter than Jack Gray. God mm-hmm. knows I'm not. Okay. That mm-hmm. guy is a brilliant. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying that, but I was the whole time I was reading. I was just out lost. I'm going like, you know, we take those silly things in the exam and you have lesion beyond more. I'm going like, well, this is lesion. Yeah. You know, why, why this lesionary? This and, and by that time it's too late. Yeah. It, it, the, the really, truly thing is, I think that they would have been sanctioned. Mm-hmm. I do believe what they did was frivolous. Yeah. But a million dollars, a million dollars in attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that, as Glenn always says. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, the uh, it's a, amazing, and that's where the Supreme Court dissent gets in. And mm-hmm. and um, here is here's what the dissent is arguing, and I agree with it 100. percent Yeah, that inherent powers is in is is for you to control your courtroom. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens before it's in your courtroom before it's in litigation, is not within the purview of that court's ability to do inherent powers. They can't mm-hmm. say, we don't like what you did before we said you can't do it. And all this stuff was being done before he was, before Jack Ray even heard that. They were already in the process of flying over there and getting those documents. In fact, I think they'd already signed them. Yeah. He'd already, he'd already had it done. He could have, he, he should have been candor with the judge and should have said, hey, um, we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's already mm-hmm. done. And he sort of should have done. Yeah. And he didn't. Um, but but the 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 the, the, the what, what basically happened here is that we have a very, very firm rule in the United States that unless it is specifically put in statute mm-hmm. that each attorney bears their own cost. Yes. And they basically said all of the litigation, a hundred percent of this litigation for the sale even the cell, that oh, was part wow. of that was putting together the documents. They had to pay for everything, and that means mm-hmm. the loser paid the attorneys. Yeah, and they and the and they went off on that. Mm-hmm. And they also said, "Look, you've got to go by on the." They they said we'd like to talk about the judge the uh, attorneys, but they quit. Mm-hmm. They they didn't appeal. They we'd like to talk about that too. So they would have gone into into that as well, had they? They would have, mm-hmm. and they were saying that that. Just what I keep trying to say over and over and over on our podcast, what is bothering me right now, the current and, it's, and us lawyers have got to fix it. Mm-hmm. What's bothering me right now is that you, the judges since the since the desegregation, integration, litigation have become social warriors. They're 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 out there. Everything's equity. Nothing's the law anymore. And and that's not how it's supposed to be. You, it's supposed to be presumed the law. Mm-hmm. If there's a law. You go by the law. Yeah. The only way you go to equity is if this is something in between. Mm-hmm. And and your inequity is supposed to be rare and it's yeah. supposed to be difficult to get. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be automatic. Yeah. So so what bothered the Supreme Court or the dissent was that there were specific rules that guided the conduct against chambers. Mm-hmm. And never would they have gotten a million dollars in attorney's fees had they followed the rules. But this judge went on equity. Yeah. Totally on equity. He t- he left the law and he went to equity in, in I think improperly. Again, mm-hmm. I'm criticizing a dead man. All right. But I want to say this that I really truly believe 
that in this instance is un, is, is wrong as it was by the law. And the, and the Supreme Court was right to say we can't allow this because the law is the law. Mm-hmm. This is the max you can get from these very bad, rotten characters. Yeah. I understand why Norman Scott was upset. Judge Scott oh, was upset. Oh, yeah. They, they, were, they were way, way out of line. Mm-hmm. And you and, and it's like Glenn said, you can't piss this one off for sure. You oh, want to know by now. Not the big cheese. <laughs> not the big, that's right. He called himself that. I don't know if you heard that before, uh, Dwayne, but he called himself the big cheese. <laughs> uh, that's that's basically it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, it uh, it was um, oh, uh, frightening for a young lawyer. Absolutely. No, I'll have nightmares about that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here I am. I have. I get thrown into this because my guy has a heart attack. Yeah. And I'm reading this stuff, and I want to tell you something. I I put it went back to put it on that lawyer's check desk. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't please don't tell anybody I touched this paper. <laughs> Wow. Coming after my Because <laughs> I thought mm-hmm. that judge was out to get anybody he could. Yeah. But you don't report a federal judge. No, yeah. I have a feeling that Glenn and, and, and Dwayne would tell you that without having any knowledge about it. You would just say, no, you don't private. You have in Louisiana, I don't know if you know this, Louisiana, mm-hmm. as long as one party to the conversation is okay with it being recorded, then you can record it. Yeah. So yeah, I could be right now. We're recording this. But we mm-hmm. all know we're recording it. Yeah. Right? But I could go into a room and record without you knowing. As long as somebody else in the room right. is okay. I could okay. record a phone call. Yeah. Some states you have to have both, but mm. not in Louisiana. So no law was broken. Yeah. I just. Just stupid. It was stupid. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll tell you right now that was pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then he probably showed his whole curry. Look, here's the transcript. But um, mm-hmm. I don't think the judge knows I recorded. And he just said it in the open court. Oh, yeah. if that had been me, I would have been, I would have gone red, not knowing that I just revealed something like that to the judge. And that, oh, that's just a nightmare. But I mean, it is good that you're learning this lesson that you don't piss off a federal judge. Yep. I'll have that one down for law school. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Do you, it's time for us to turn it over to, to a, a panel discussion. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about that, Glenn? James, I'm in a real bad spot. I'm going to have to tap out. We hear you. Okay. Dwayne. I can't hear a word you're saying. Okay. Dwayne, we'll just go with Dwayne. Thank you, Glenn. Be safe, buddy. Bye-bye. So, Dwayne, what'd you think? Oh, looks like we lost Dwayne as well. We lost them both? I think so, yeah. Let me pause it. Okay, so apparently we lost our panel. Yes, they're gone. So we've added a new person to the panel, which is Maddie. And Maddie Harrington, right? Yes. She hasn't been here long enough. It took me eight months to your last. Oh, yeah. It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, both of them future law students. Um, and um, we're, we're, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version mm-hmm. of what's going on. There was a sale of a, a big a radio, sta- big television station like Charles KPLC. And um, the, before it was consummated, the, the seller realized they could have gotten substantially more, tried to back out of the deal, filed a whole bunch of frivolous things, and it uh, ended up, they ended up getting sanctioned and their lawyers got sanctioned too. That's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the crux of it. And the thing that I've been driving into Victoria's head so she never forgets it is... Don't make a federal judge, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't turn out well. Yeah. They are given unbelievable power. Um, and, but, but what, 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 here's the thing. I've never justified what, all right. So Jack Gray was the one that did this. Um, he was a pillar of the Lake Charles, um, legal community. Um, I, I, he, he needed to be punished and I think he probably would admit it now, but he recorded a federal judge without his permission. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. You would, you're going to make any lawyer mad, but we'll just be mad at you and not trust you anymore, which is bad enough. And again, I, yeah. I go by that proverb 21, 20, verse 1. It's better to have a good reputation and be rich. Mm-hmm. And I go by that. I do. I, I won't. I don't let that take any chance that I lose my reputation over money. Um, but um, the, 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 the thing that's starting to concern me, Maddie, is this, this just seeing this start with the desegregation litigation, the integration litigation, is that these 
they had these these people, these judges, I think meant well. They wanted to completely have equality in schools, which to them meant that that black and white should be representative in every school. And it shouldn't be mostly black schools, mostly white schools, which would be integration as opposed to desegregation. And 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 I've said this to you guys off the you know off the podcast before. I'm absolutely believe that in a, that that uh, desegregation is correct. The, the the Constitution is very clear: it's equal protection on the law. I can go if you can go to that school. I can too. It doesn't matter what if I'm male, female, black, white, green. Doesn't matter. You have that right. They could have gone to that 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 litigation for the uh, for for the integration desegregation could have been just on equal protection clause. You didn't have to make it up. But when you start going desegregation, now you're starting to say I'm king and I'm going to decide where you can go to school, even if you don't want to go to school. He shut down a he shut down a school in Forest Hill because he was emperor. And I don't think that I'm, I'm not really criticizing Judge Scott as much as I am criticizing the fact that during this time they became it became they got away from the rule of law. Constitution says equal protection doesn't say anything about it. Desegregate. I mean, uh, in integration, the um, it's become it's become now where we have we had a case that went to the Supreme Court, as you know, and the law clearly was on our side, but they ruled against us anyway. Why? For some other reason, some other reason than the law. Okay, and and it's a concern that you're going to have to fight. That 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 doesn't mean you don't go be a lawyer. You got to be a lawyer. You got to point out that this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to we're going to be law when law is law and equity is equity. You point mm-hmm. it out to them, okay? You need to, when it happens. But that's my big the big lesson that I think needs to be learned here is is that 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 right now you don't see judges acting like they're judging on rules of law. I don't think that that Chauvin would be in jail on Floyd's case if it were law. Under the law, he was innocent. Under social justice, he was guilty, and he's going to be in jail the rest of his life. For a guy who overdosed on fentanyl, you see what I'm saying? It's a dangerous precedent. You got to fight it. Though. You got to fight the fight. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But but you know this this. But I do want to since I got you guys here and, and and you get to hear the people get to hear the kind of things I've talked to you, all, yeah. you guys about. Mm-hmm. Your name is everything when you do when you get into this profession, and there's ways to make money quick, no doubt. I've seen people do it, but you want your name mm-hmm. and you know good and well that other lawyers do not think you're recording. Yeah. Right. You know, and you shouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> and you should not do sham sales just because your client, your own, your best client wants you to. Mm-hmm. His name was more important. And I think that I really do believe that, that Jack Gray would tell you that now. Yeah. He would say, I should not have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, the longer short of it is, is that, that I do think two things. One is that shows you, don't do something for a client, even if he, because he, because I think that Jack Gray just thought, well, he'll pay my, he'll pay my frivolous fees if I get <laughs> if I get hit with a fine. Yeah. The Jack, then you know, Chambers be more than happy to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But when you just borrow them, and, and so yeah. I don't blame him for doing it. I really don't blame Judge Scott for doing it. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the time I thought, but I'm not kidding you. I, but I was involved tangentially. I was I I wrote a small part of a brief, and I literally asked that lawyer that I was working for, please don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. I just got my license. I don't, don't, don't want to lose it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was that frivolous thing. It was it, that, that the suspension was frivolous mm-hmm. or we're not supposed to be. But anyway, uh, that's what I want you guys to watch for. That's why yeah. I keep focusing on letting you guys see the difference between law and equity. Mm-hmm. Very important that you see that and that there's different rules for equity is there is for law. You have different procedural rules mm-hmm. and they should, they're very difficult. But for but the one you're gonna see in, in like in a local practice would be um a a woman has a husband who hit her. Yeah. And she doesn't want him to hit her again, but she don't want to file suit against I mean she don't want him to be charged. Mm-hmm. So she can go get a civil temporary restraining order that keeps him away for so many months and you don't have to do much other than go say, hey, he has to stay away from me. Mm-hmm. That's equity. Now, if he says, pay for my broken nose, that's law. Mm-hmm. 
You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. One of us making somebody do something he might not want to do. I want to be around. I want to be around my lady. You know, no, you can't be around your lady. Can't, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but th- I think that what's going on here is, is yeah. these judges, when he shuts down a school, mm-hmm. what is that? That's equitable. Relief, that's equity. Yeah. He made equitable relief when I don't think it was warranted. That's, yeah. that's what the, the argument, and I think that when we say that these judges are activists, that's what they're doing. They're throwing away the law mm-hmm. and they're going what they think is equity, their definition of equity. Did they have good intentions? I think oh, yeah. they did. I think they did. Did it work out? No. Desegregation, um, um, integration has not worked. It's failed. All it's done is mm-hmm. bring the top down. And I was saying this to you when we paused the podcast for a second, that there's a you know time and place to be a social warrior. And it's not when you're on the bench, like, and I think, and this might just be failure of public education. You know, there's an order to our government. You have your legislative branch and you have the judicial branch. And, you know, we have checks and balances, so they're supposed to be separated. And if you want to see change, you should not be going to the judicial branch. You need to be going to your lawmakers. And very few people vote in local elections, especially people our age, you know. Right. And that's where you seek that type of change, not on the bench in a courtroom, you know. That that is exactly right. And and I, I think we've lost Yeah. I think these judges probably don't even really realize it themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's basically what happened to us in that case. Yeah. The law was clearly in our favor, yet we lost. Mm-hmm. Why? Why was it? What what caused us to lose? And you have to ask that. Mm-hmm. And it was we couldn't figure it out. And then finally I just told you, well it's exactly. Yeah. We, they thought they thought okay, this happened on a wildlife and fisheries. You're taking your, your, it's your, it's your risk when you go out there on their pipeline and fish. Yeah. And therefore you took the risk. And even though that's not the law. Yeah. They just thought that was equitable. And I'll agree. I'll agree. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, absolutely. But that's not it. I'm a lawyer. I'm not an equitable lawyer. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> and I want to be equitable. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. All they have to do is say, no, if you're, they could change the law. Mm-hmm. If you're on a refuge. Even if you're in the banks, you hit something, it's on you. Yeah. Then then, then, then it's easy. Just the law is the law. Mm-hmm. But they, did, they didn't. They didn't force the law. They, they went equitable. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and I would say that equity probably was fine. Yeah. But is that the place? You see what no. I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And so it makes it difficult as a lawyer mm-hmm. to say, what case do I take? That's a good point. You know, especially... <laughs> Uh, us who haven't, we don't have a lot of exposure to cases other than the ones you've taken, but you've had years of picking cases. So you know which ones are going to be good and which ones to maybe stay away from. And the law was in our favor. Yeah. How it, the damages were there. Going mm-hmm. like, this should be a winner. Yeah. Right. But, but so, so it's, a, it's one of those things where I'm hoping you see reversed in your lifetime. Yeah. That maybe we get past it. I think Justice Thomas is trying to change it back mm-hmm. to, to one of law, not yeah. a, not a, not a, a, they're calling it. As you say, just social justice. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but equity. Mm-hmm. They think it's equitable. Yeah, and they're and they're they're emperor in robes. They are very very powerful. We we know that from mm-hmm. just Chase being once he once we lost that impeachment. Yeah, <laughs> just judges from then on were untouchable. Yeah, and I don't think that J- Judge Scott was being any different than any other judge because it may have come across that way in that Buckeye three. Yeah, but I don't mean it that. way. Mm-hmm. I mean it that that's just what federal judges do now. Yeah. So so here's the thing. In that case, um, I think that that the that the dissent was absolutely correct. That just ju- I think Chambers probably should have to pay for all those equitably should have to pay for all the attorney's fees for NASCO. Yeah. But that's not the law. Yeah. They said, look at the law. The law says no. The law says you can't make them pay for pre litigation costs. Mm-hmm. This thing would be two hundred thousand, maybe three hundred thousand. Yeah. You're making him pay a million because you're making him pay for the application to get everything. Yeah. They made him pay back at all. Make pay them all, pay it all back. You know, a yeah. million dollars. I'll tell you what, back in that day, in 1988, 1991, to make a million dollar fees, that was a lot of money. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not, a, it's, I feel like I'm preaching, but that's, that's good case. To work, oh, uh, absolutely. No, this one, I, I was telling them before the podcast, Maddie, that it took me forever to read through it because it was just so it was so convoluted but but good one yes and 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 i think it's a very good one that should be taught in ethics course oh yeah absolutely 
because because you're asking for it when you do what Jack Gray did. Yeah. I really do believe he thought, well, I'll get the fees back from yeah. Chambers. Mm-hmm. No, and it's just, you know, I guess a respect thing as well. Like, you just don't go and record. I wouldn't go and record anybody, you know, exactly. whether they were just a person on the street or, exactly. you know. Exactly. So. I, I'm that way anyway. Yeah. I'm that way anyway. And and it probably was reinforced a million times by this case. Yeah. yeah I was mad when I found out he recorded that judge, too, because those things, the judges, you might make a joke that's a little yeah, inappropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't record those. No. Well, like if, you know, sometimes we'll hang out in the office. I don't want, wouldn't want somebody recording us, you know, talking, you just, you know, whatever right. conversation, joking around. Well, you know, I've told you before, if, when you came to work here, if mm-hmm. you hear somebody criticize me in this office, don't come tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they may have had a bad day. Yeah. I don't want to know if you were mad at me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not it. If you go, yeah, he's an idiot. He, he, he leaves at noon and I don't ever have any instructions on what to do the rest of the day. You know what? That's the kind of crap that's said in offices that should never. Yeah. You know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it even further. Yeah. I definitely won't mention the law firm, but when Katie was, my daughter Katie was yeah. was um, in in undergraduate school, mm-hmm. I helped her get a runner spot at one of the firms. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so she was doing this running, and she was walking down the hall, and apparently three or four lawyers and some other, some male, they were all males, mm-hmm. and, and a runner saw her, and they commented on her butt. To mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. One of them came and told her that that happened. Mm-hmm. And she said, what do I do? I said, don't you ever be friends with that rat anymore. Yeah. The guy that ratted them out is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. It, 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 you know what? If you wanted to admonish them, hey, guys, you shouldn't be talking like that. That's different. Yeah. But for you to go to her and get somebody in trouble for male talk, I don't want to hear female talk about me. And I don't want to hear male talk about me. It's just you you can't trust a rat. I could see that because, I mean, if the right thing for him to have done would have been in that moment, say, hey, you shouldn't talk about she's right there. Like, you shouldn't be saying that's not respectful, especially in the workplace. Well, she didn't hear it. They yeah. were keeping it to themselves. And that's what I feel like. Her hearing that, there was no benefit to her knowing that. Because then exactly. she knows that, well, my coworkers feel this way about me. And I really don't want to say anything about it because I wasn't supposed to hear it's it. It's a workplace. Yeah, you know. You know? Yes, yes. So it, that's a that's a tough situation. That's kind of one of those things where you just, like you said, you scorn him in your they, own group and keep pushing. That's what he should have done, yeah. But. Well, yeah, you saw, and it's, it is bleeding over because men are acting like men. Men, men are, because of that, I go like, oh, did I ever do that? And I don't know that I did. I don't yeah. know. But you see a girl walk by, you might say something, friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Yeah. I'm not going to say I've been protected. Innocent. I've been in so married long. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but this is um, this is the thing. You saw that McCarthy. He was the speaker of the house. Yeah. He apparently elbowed somebody. Did you see that? I did not. No. All right. So McCarthy gets thrown out. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. And and so McCarthy, he acted like a kid. He walked mm-hmm. up to one of the guys to help vote him out, and he apparently. He jabbed him. Oh my jabbed gosh. him with his elbow. Yeah. Okay. Now, what do you do? This is what I do. Yeah. Right. I go back to his office the next chance I get. Yeah. And I, I go really. You gonna <laughs> tell me you used to be speaker of the house and, and you elbow me for voting against you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You little wimp. That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. I would have gone back. I would have waited. I'd just gone to his office. Yeah. What does he do? He goes to the press and. He elbowed me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if I was acting like that on TV, uh, my, I don't know what my parents would do, but they'd probably still ground me or something because <laughs> that's just crazy. Yeah, you go take care of that one. Yes, in go. private. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? I would have laughed at him. Oh, yeah. Said, really, that's the best you could do, elbow me? Really, I would have just let it roll off my shoulder. Okay, you know. Wait till you see the next vote. You might want to punch me in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Yeah, wow. and so that's my point is, is that 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 you know certain things get taken care of in private. Yeah, you don't, you know, but but uh, judges' chambers, guys, that's that. There's a reason yeah. you're in judges' chambers. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what we mean by that? Yes. You've seen it on you see it on television. They'll have a, they'll they'll say go back and go into chambers and talk. Yeah. And when you do that, the unwritten rule is unless we've yeah. agreed, it mm-hmm. stays here. And and. That was a huge breach by Jack Gray. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure he wishes he had never 
Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. hindsight, you know, but. So anyway, that's that's it. Um, yeah. I, I thought that we were going to have some discussion with Dwayne and Glenn, but they are both on the road and, and we lost them. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say that you need to get your coffee at PJ's Coffee in in in, in Houghton. I don't um I don't I can't build it up like Glenn does. But thank you, Victoria. That <laughs> oh, was yeah. it was very good. Um and Maddie, uh, uh, it was it's kind of fun having um the, the newest one here. Yeah. Hearing these things, but you're going to hear from me. You'll hear it how many how a million times. Don't piss off the federal judge. That's mm-hmm. just a stupid thing to do. <laughs> yeah, don't do if it. If you don't learn anything else, I will tell you something. I'm sure Chambers found out you don't piss off a federal judge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you listen to this, don't needlessly. You might have to. Yeah. But don't needlessly. You better off. have a really good reason if you're going to. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We will be, this This is a, um, a Monday podcast, right? Yes, I think so. So I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Bye-bye. Bye.